pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We take you up to Buck Roundtable. Perfect segue. You'll hear more from the guys talking about it later at 6, but we want to hear from our guy right now from Bucknuts.com. Follow him on Twitter at Steve Hellwagon. He is Steve Hellwagon. And, Steve, let's start with um, uh, the game this past weekend. I read your article, and I'm in a agreement with you. I saw some other articles who were more favorable towards the Buckeyes' performance uh, in Kyle McCord and Ryan Day. I read yours and some of your teammates there at Bucknuts.com. Uh, I agree with you guys. For our listeners, maybe you haven't read that. Uh, give them an idea of what uh, you saw in that Ohio State-Michigan game this past weekend. Oh, goodness. Man, it just and first of all, Joe Flacco, is it two thousand and nine? Like what are we doing? <laughs> it's the Browns. Hey. It's the Browns. It's, it's the only team in the yeah. history of football where you go in for an MRI on your ankle, you come out with a busted shoulder. Does it surprise you? <laughs> oh, I see. Only yes. right. every week every week something different and new happens. But first time ever in the National Football League and Oh yeah. And, and, it, God bless us. We're able to witness it every week. But yes, we are. At any rate, happier thoughts. I, I mean, yeah. I thought they'd go out there and win both these games, and and now yeah. they're going to be lucky to win one of them. It's just like yeah. geez. I know. Oh, That's well. like you said, the OIC factor, Steve. So yeah. Um, we oh, well, we well, moved back to Ann Arbor and what you saw. I, yeah, only in Columbus with this Ohio State, or only in Ann Arbor, I guess. It's, yeah. You right. know, um, it was it was uh, a messy game as we all saw. Uh, I mean, if you didn't care who won, I mean, it went right down to the final 25 seconds. Ohio State gifted them a touchdown at the beginning, as everybody saw, with the uh, interception that uh, Kyle McCord threw. Then uh, the game ends on an interception where he gets hit by a defensive lineman. I just felt, first and foremost, that Ohio State's offensive and defensive lines got handled once mm-hmm. again by the University of Michigan, third year in a row. And uh, they've got to do something to fix that. And McCord, you know... We can all say whatever we want, you know, about him, but the quarterback is a function of everybody around him. And I watched the game through by binoculars, and it just felt like the pocket was collapsing on him at all times. And so you're not going to flourish in that situation. I mean, he only got sacked once. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. It, a lot of the responsibility falls on him. But, you know, Ibuka dropped a pass. As well, I mean, uh, you know, just different things happen throughout the course of the game. He could have played better, and, and the warning signs were there all season. You know, just mistakes by him and the offense that finally came home to roost in this game, the biggest game. Just the stakes of the game this year, in addition to all the off-the-field stuff with, you know, the cheating allegations and everything else. This was the year Ohio State had to beat them, and it didn't happen. And... uh now they're in a tough spot regarding the playoff. They need help just like they got last year with some teams losing some championship games for them to get into the playoff. But, uh, you know, it again, there's two sides to every coin. The other side is going forward, 12 teams make the playoff. Mm-hmm. And the top two teams, regardless of division or whatever, it's going to be the top two by record, make the Big Ten championship game. And so 11-1, is going to be good enough most years going forward to get you where you want to be, regardless of what you do against Michigan. So 
It's not like you can very well just say, oh, we got to blow the whole program up and start over because they've lost to Michigan mm-hmm. three years in a row. You're, you're positioned to do well in the postseason regardless of that one game. Steve, that's interesting, too, not talking about blowing up the entire thing. But if you go back a couple of years ago, it was quite obvious we needed more help at defense. So we went out and got a new defensive coordinator. Jim Knowles steps in, and they've played decent or at least better than they were before, in my opinion. But my question is this. You consider Ohio State and the strength of that team over the last 10 or so years, and it's very easy to look at it and say, well, for a certain period of time, we were DBU, and all our defensive backs are getting drafted high. Then all of a sudden it went to defensive end, and they were getting drafted really high. Now they're wide receiver you. And all these guys are seemingly either winning Heisman trophies at other schools, having to transfer out because they can't get on the field because we're so deep at that position. Is it time to move on from Larry Johnson, your defensive line coach? He's 70, 71 years old. Uh, Gone are the days of the Chase Youngs and the Bosa brothers. Is that a bigger problem with that defense than Jim Knowles? Yeah, I made a point to to a friend of mine is like, you know, we were debating that. And and, uh, I said, you know, J.J. McCarthy, I mean, they played the game on field turf. I said, you know, it didn't matter. His jersey never got dirty. They never never put him in the ground. And, you know, it's just, again, I watched the game through binoculars, and he's got all day to throw the football Mm -hmm. standing back there. And he's going to go 16 of 20 and, and carve you up if you allow him to do that and find his tight end as the third read and pick up a 30-yard gain, you know, if you allow them to do that. From a play-calling standpoint, I thought Michigan was two steps ahead of Ohio State, and that's, you know, that's regardless of the sign-stealing stuff. You figure Ohio State, you know, changed all that, so that had nothing to do with this game, obviously, but Michigan was still two steps ahead, uh, it seemed, all day long to me. And, uh, you know, bully for them. I mean, my goodness, that, you know, interim coach and, uh, you know, they, they pulled it out. They're the ones who did it. They pulled out all the stops. They had a running back throw a pass for 30 yards. Mm-hmm. They put the backup quarterback in and he ran for 20 yards. Uh, they went for it on fourth down three times and got it all three times. Where was all this daring do from Ryan Day, who's out there in a yep. mosh pit before the game, bouncing off his guys? I'm loose. I'm loose. Look at me. I'm with my guys. But then when it when I'm trying not to violate FCC regulations. <laughs> yes, I got it, you. But when it got real between those lines, he didn't have his guys back. He punted it away. The guy popped it yeah. straight up in the air. They lose field position. Mm-hmm. They get backed up deep in their own end. And, you know, one thing, you know, snowballs into another, into another, and you lose the game because you didn't take the chances that your opponent did. And you didn't, I mean, all season they force fed this thing with the Yuka on the end around. I don't think they did it once in this game. And I'm like, that's like your bread and butter gimmick play right there. You know, uh, where's Xavier Johnson? You know, he's come up big in some huge moments for them the last two years. He wasn't hardly used at all, like two carries and one catch or something. I mean, it's just, it, it, it just if if Henderson couldn't get five yards on first down, that's which it. Really did. They were behind and down a distance the whole damn game. That's the whole and, thing. And when he when he yeah. couldn't get in the second or third and short, his whole offensive yep. game plan goes out the window. Steve Hellwagon, I want to ask you a question about quarterback and Kyle McCord during the season. At times we thought, okay, here's another learning game. He's going to get better. 
And at the end of the season, you look at it and say, okay, the guy didn't progress as well as we thought he might. Now, obviously, Devin Brown isn't the answer. My real question to you is this. When Quinn Ewers decided to step away from Ohio State, go into the transfer portal, and go to Texas, was the heir apparent to Quinn Ewers, Kyle McCord, or Devin Brown, or did someone else decommit as well? No, I think those were the ones who would have been next in line. And uh, to me, uh, did that throw a wrench in things? Yeah, perhaps a little bit, but it was unrealistic to think that yours was going to sit and watch Stroud play for two full years. So I think that, that he did what he thought was best for him and got out of there and went on to Texas. And obviously if they win, they've got a chance to make the playoffs. Sure. So, you know, I think it's an outside chance because they're a little further down the line, but, uh, you know, the win over Alabama, it does mean a whole lot. So, uh, you know, it, it did put a wrench into it. To me, going forward, I think they've got to go into spring football. They'll have four quarterbacks with McCord, Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholz, the freshman who's redshirting this year. And then they're bringing in Aaron Nolan, uh-huh. an outstanding quarterback from Georgia. And I think you give them each 25% of the reps this spring, figure out who can do what, put them under constant duress, all spring long, make them make plays under duress, and show me who deserves to, to play. You know, they, they, they've they got to, uh, and again, I don't want to say they need to blow everything up, mm-hmm. but they, they've got they've got to make some tough decisions with this team. And, and uh, the Nebraska coach, Matt Rule, came out today in his mm-hmm. debrief with the Nebraska reporters after going 5-7, and seven, missing a bowl. He had a post-game press conference. He said the going rate, if you want a good quarterback from the portal, is anywhere from one to two million dollars. Wow, that's what they're paying these guys right. nil money. We can afford that. The coach, yeah, the coaches suggest that to the collective. The collective cuts the check, and that's that. You know, that's how it's being done now. Okay. So that, with and that I, being said, are we looking at Arch Manning? Well, you know, I don't know about all that. As I said, you got four guys. How many guys do you need? I mean, I well, if, two of, them, if two of them aren't the guys, Steve, and it's yeah. Kyle McCord and Devin Brown, I think you're down to two. And I don't think they're ready to turn things over to a true freshman when Air Nolan gets here. Maybe you look for your next quarterback to be a guy in the transfer portal. That's just the like they did That's with Justin Fields, Steve. Right? That that if worked out for them. Field, can you find a field? That's the thing. Yeah. That's right. a. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just like people are debating this guy from Washington State, Cam Ward. He, yeah, he threw for 3,700 yards, but he also threw picks, and the team went 2-7 and seven in the Pac-12. Right. You know, is that what you're really looking for? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, my point was is at, where they need to the help more than anything to me is on the offensive and defensive line. Okay. Go out into the portal, identify okay. two war daddies on both sides of the All ball, right. pay them what they're worth, and get them in here. Okay. You know, that's time to quit screwing around. And, and hoping that you're going to develop somebody. Fair enough. Because, you know, it, I, I want proven commodities trying to win a national championship. Go get guys who can actually play. But here's another thing, though. This is interesting, too, because when you look at the offensive line last year in a team that didn't win anything, probably should have, but we've got guys starting in the NFL right now, and Dewan Jones and some others. And obviously it's not, it's not next yeah. man up, but this – this Josh Simmons, Josh Jimmy Simmons at left tackle, I guess really wasn't the answer after all, was he? You know, maybe he'd be better if you moved him to right tackle and got okay. a real Big Ten left tackle right. to go over there. You know, I mean, it, to me, that's what it is. 
I agree with what you're saying. And, and again, as I watched the game unfold, I didn't see Ohio State's defensive line get any pressure on McCarthy, None. despite all these guys doing the low house, supposed to be a first-round pick. And yep. so is Tyleek Williams, and so is Jack Sawyer. Bunk, you know. <laughs> You know, maybe Tui Maloa goes late first on the hope somebody can get something out of him. But the other guys, no way. You know, I mean, I, I don't see it. So, To uh, back your point, you know, Steve, it, here you go. You ready for this? I'll back you up on that. Buckeyes defense, seven interceptions, four fumble recoveries, only 11 turnovers created in 12 yep. games, and just 22 sacks. On the yep. flip side, on offense, they threw seven. They fumbled it away five times. They had they were a minus one. The Ohio State Buckeyes were a minus one right. in the turnover, takeaway, giveaway category, Steve. And you're not going to win, uh, you nope. know, a Big Ten championship and get to the playoffs with stats like the that. The only thing that makes that not a really good stat is if you go back in and deep, even deeper, and find out how many three and outs they went out. But I, I agree with you, Kenny, because I don't think there were that many three and outs where they were holding their opponent. And let's face it, Steve Hellwagon, the Big Ten's really not that good, so the opponents they were playing yeah. weren't that good. And the teams that really had success against them that didn't even beat Ohio State had some time off the ball, and it was Notre Dame and Penn State. Yeah, it's interesting. You think about it this way. Uh, in the playoff rankings that were released last night, there were five teams that are going to play in the Big Ten next year. When you add in Oregon, Washington, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, five of the top ten will be in the Big Ten next year. And that's that's pretty exciting stuff. But, you know, 5 minus 18 is 13. There's 13 teams that weren't worth to – who was the coach Mora? Ain't worth diddly-poo. You know, I mean, <laughs> and I mean that. You could put an all-star team of those other 13 together and yeah. they ain't beating anybody. So, you Steve. know, it just – it, it's it's a bad Big Ten, no doubt about it. It is a bad Big Ten. And Joel Klatt said on a post game or one of his podcasts I was watching, he said, you know, when Ohio State loses a game, the sky is falling. If things are that bad right now for us, and they're really not that bad, you're still a top ten team, give or take a play here or there, maybe you win that game Saturday, and maybe you get another opportunity to play for a national championship. But that's not the case, and we understand that. If it's that bad in Columbus, how bad is it in Tuscaloosa right now? If they get beat by Georgia, that dynasty is done. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it is. Uh, it has taken on some water here the last few years. They have not been up to their standards, you know, the last several years. I mean, they're the last team that beat Georgia two years ago in the SEC championship, and then they, you know, lost in the national championship to Georgia. So, uh, Georgia's won, what is it, 29? This would be 30 if they went on Saturday. So Georgia's been on quite a rampage here. But, uh, you know, I look at it that, uh, you know, as long as you're in the hunt going forward, as long as you're considered yep. top six or eight going forward every year, you're in the playoffs. 20 of the last 25 years, Ohio State would have been in the playoff. And really the last time they wouldn't have been in the playoff would have been what? Clear back to – uh geez, clear back to the fickle year maybe in 2011. So it's like 12 straight years they would have been in the playoffs. So All right, that's a Steve, pretty good run. You were there uh, a long time ago when it uh, happened with Cooper all the way through, uh, you know, Jim Trestle taking over, then uh, er, er, uh, uh, let's see, Trestle, then it was fickle one year, Urban, and now Ryan Day. So here's my question to you. Cooper lasted 13 seasons. He went 2-10-1 against Michigan, 3-8 and in bowl games. Um, and five that makes five eighteen and one in the two biggest games of the year. They finally got rid of them after thirteen years. 
Ryan Day now in five seasons, one and three against Michigan, two and three in bowl games, two and six versus top five teams. And I know they're expanding the playoffs next year and everything, but if he loses again next year to Michigan, what, what, how much rope do they give uh, Ryan Day to, to hang himself? Uh, is he safe? Barring some kind of miracle that they get into the playoff and, and you know get to the championship game somehow, they can't really give him a extension off of this. I mean, there's just no way. So I I want to say on one hand, he's insulated by this contract that lasts another four or five years, whatever it is. But at the other hand, he's losing some of his insulation because uh, there's a new president, Ted yep. Carter from Nebraska, coming in on January 1st and a new athletic director following up Gene Smith in the spring uh, with his retirement. So he'll be working for new people. Does he want to keep working for new people? Can he stand the heat if they would lose four straight to Michigan? And and people in in Columbus, you know, saying all negative things about him, uh, would he want to stick around for that and and deal with the heartbreak, heartache with that? That's a tremendous question, but they're paying him, what eight nine million dollars a year you can take a lot of guff for eight or nine million that's right and let's remember this too a new ad comes into town i think the last thing on their mind is to fire the incumbent football coach so that gives you maybe two more years and if you factor in the pandemic and let's face it every time we talk about sports we factor in the fact that we still have that extra year for the pandemic i see he's there another three years or at least as long as he wants to have that job probably so probably so and i and you know i mean Everything looks bad today because they just lost. But, mm-hmm. again, I think going forward, they're positioned pretty well. If the NCAA does sanction Michigan, you're certainly sitting in a pretty good spot. Right. And I look at it that, uh, you know, it, if something were to happen with Day, they have options. I mean, they could always bring Fickle back. They could bring Vrabel back if need be from the NFL. Uh, Hartline in a few years could be a viable head coaching candidate. All these people with Ohio State ties that would teach people exactly what it means to be in this rivalry and uh, that type of thing. But uh, yeah, it—I uh, don't know—the the long-term future. Uh, you know, I don't think it looks that bad. It's just, you know, getting through this short term. And uh, you know, let's say they don't make the playoff, they're going to go play probably play Louisville in the Orange Bowl, a game that nobody will really care about. And a game that probably six of their underclassmen going to the NFL won't play in. And uh, you'll get a good look at the 2024 team probably with the, regardless of the guys you're missing, a team you could probably still beat. So, you know, to me, uh, you know, there's, it's going to shake out one way or the other. We'll find out Sunday at noon whether it was enough or not. But, uh, you know, you you need some dominoes to fall this weekend. Texas has got to lose. Alabama has got to lose for sure those two in particular, uh, and uh, Florida State's probably going to lose as well. So, you know, if those things, things happen, Buckeyes could make it. Yeah, it never shut the door, as we've seen back in 06, when they ended up playing LSU right for the national championship. Yeah, the, and last the year, Steve. Parted, yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, it did. I remember, uh, like, we're sitting there going, well, there's one of them, there's two of them, yep. there's three of them, and it's, it's like, West, holy cow. Wasn't it a West Virginia game? West Virginia got beat by Pitt. Yeah, yeah. West Virginia Pitt. They needed seven wow. different results. Wow. They ended up getting eight. The, the West Virginia Pitt was like the cherry on top of the wow. Sunday because, and really that screwed them because, uh, they would have played West Virginia. If West Virginia beats Pitt, they were already in before that night game with West Virginia and Pitt. They would have 
played West Virginia, yep. well, West Virginia wouldn't have beaten them. They had a great team with Steve Slayton and the, the quarterback, uh, Pat White, I think was his name. They, they were awesome. But uh, they weren't going to beat Ohio State. Instead, Ohio State had to play LSU. <laughs> In New Orleans, right? Yeah. In New Orleans. Yeah. Home game. Yeah, yeah. That, that exactly. Yeah, it did not end well. But, hey, you never – that's why you wait and see. Come 12 o'clock on – we'll know Saturday night or, or at yeah. least have a good idea, right, Steve? With the, Like oh, you yeah. said. We'll know after the Texas game is the first game at noon, and if Texas wins, then I don't think they have a chance because – Yeah, I'm with you. I think Michigan, Georgia are in. The winner of Washington, Oregon is in. And then if Texas wins, then they, uh, you know, could would be in over Ohio State, I would think. And then – as a conference champion at 12 and one, and then whatever else shakes out, Florida State could still get in undefeated 13 and 0. So yeah, it, it, yeah, it would be bleak after Texas. If Texas wins, it would be bleak. Yeah, so they they need uh, things to go their way. But uh, as we've said before, so you so you're telling me there's a chance, and there is, exactly. and we'll see if the Buckeyes get lucky two years in a row. Hey, Steve, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week and see where things lie. All right. All right, guys, take care. Steve Hellwagon, bucknuts.com. Follow him daily on Twitter, at Steve Hellwagon. When we come back, we're going to talk some high school football. We're going to hear from Akron Hoban head coach Tim Tyrrell as his team gets ready to take on Maslin tomorrow night in the Division II State Championship game at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium.